Hello, my friends. My apologies for not having written in a while. I've been working really hard on another few big projects which have been taking up a lot of my time and energy. Plus, this year continues to be, for everyone, in varying degrees, extremely challenging on a personal level, all happening alongside many national and global crises. There is so much pain, so much horror, and uncertainty remains a massive part of our lives. It can be hard to know what to do, how to make space for it all. I know I have struggled with this, but I hope that you can allow yourself a little space to breathe deeply, relax, laugh, and or cry if that's what you need. These are hard times, and it's vital that we practice being gentle with ourselves. As I say this to you, I'm also saying it to myself, because I definitely need reminding. I'm sharing this essay, part of one of my larger projects, Because lately I've been feeling so blue the only thing that's helping me is to try and write about parts of my life which I think are funny. I don't have the capacity to deep dive right now, so comedy has been a bam for me in these past few weeks. In what I listen to, in what I watch, and in my writing. By virtue of it being an essay that's pretty tongue-in-cheek, recounting a moment where I thought I might die of embarrassment, I hope it might offer you some brief respite from your anxieties or feelings of overwhelm or at least inspire you to revisit some of your favourite music, shame-free. No guilty pleasures, just pure enjoyment. Unlikely, but not impossible. Bluetooth headphones are a genius invention. There's no tangled wires. Your phone can stay safely in your bag or pocket while you're on the train or running. But from the second I put on my life-changing Beats headphones, I began to fear a worst-case scenario that for some reason, they would become disconnected and the music I was listening to would be projected into whatever space I was in. A sort of auditory public embarrassment akin to having your trousers pulled down, revealing your choice of underwear. Of course, in this imagined scenario, you would not be wearing your finest CK briefs or listening to a Chopin concerto, either revealing you to be someone elegant and refined. I listen to classical music in my Calvins. Okay, that's literally a perfect idea for an ad. I'm aware that even with headphones connected, you can still often make out what someone is listening to, particularly if they are listening to their music at a high volume, and we all know there isn't really any other way to listen. Even if you can hear the bass pumping and make out the tune, there is still a degree of privacy. It can feel like you're intruding, they are wearing headphones after all, and so you feel in no place to judge, at least not openly. I call to mind a time where on a fairly quiet carriage, a gentleman in a suit, as masculine presenting as they come, was listening to the most surprising song, at a volume undoubtedly damaging to his hearing long term, Don't You Wish Your Girlfriend Was Hot Like Me by the Pussycat Dolls. Now, maybe it's unfair to say surprising because looks can be deceiving. And we should not, as the idiom tells us, judge a book by its cover. In theory, anyway. This is really practiced as much as it is preached, proven by a carriage full of Londoners who didn't know what to do with themselves as this poster man for traditional machismo sat pan-faced as we all heard, second-hand, Buster Rhymes call upon the dolls to begin the instantly recognisable pop hit, Ladies, Let's Go. Naturally, I was delighted, ecstatic even, partially because it was a quiet fuck you to everyone because it dismantled their expectations. Plus, it's a fucking bop. Get your life, I thought internally. 
And there was the possibility he just wasn't aware how loud his musical taste was reverberating for everyone to hear. But the fact that he was listening through headphones created a duality that most people find uncomfortable. It was his private listening, directly into his own ears, therefore none of their business. Yet, they could hear it, and couldn't help themselves from listening, trapped in an acoustic voyeur situation, where speaking on it would only reveal their nosiness, of which they were probably ashamed. It also, in this case, would reveal a lot about their internalised bias about what we expect from a manly man. When I first wore my headphones frequently, I had just moved to London, and their slick, all-black design fit perfectly with my inner monologue and the image I was trying to present. Trendy man about town, metropolitan gay on the go. At the time, I was mostly drawn to monochromatic outfits, scandy chic, and therefore had hoped people would presume whatever was in my ears was a soundtrack befitting this image. Maybe some up-and-coming indie band that I only knew through my friend who works at a record label, or a podcast on current affairs, an audiobook of a literary classic. This couldn't have been further from my actual musical reality, which was and continues to be a steadfast selection of R&B, the holy trinity of Beyoncé, Ariana Grande and Nicki Minaj, and, less often, but with the same adoration, my favourite musical theatre tracks. I can understand an aversion to musical theatre, its unreality, the cheeriness, the unavoidable twee nature of most of its plots, and for these reasons I can appreciate it's not for everyone. But despite my best efforts, I simply cannot deny that few things move me like an 11th hour ballad. This is a particularly exquisite and far more serious example in terms of plot and composition than what might spring to mind when you say musical theatre, but when Cynthia Erivo sings I'm Here from the Colour Purple, inject it into my veins. This world is cruel, so let me just play it on repeat, just to feel something. It can always inspire a single tear to fall, and in the right mood, the comforting release of a gentle sob. A quote from Less by Andrew Sean Greer. He thinks he has been sobbing quietly until the lights come up, and the woman seated beside him turns and says, Honey, I don't know what happened to your life, but I am so, so sorry. And she gives him a lilac-scented embrace. Nothing happened to me, he wants to say to her. Nothing happened to me. I'm just a homosexual at a Broadway show. Although, in my case, I'm often just a homosexual listening to a Broadway show. People who I spoke to about my fear of being exposed and my musical commuting tastes always laughed it off with something practical. It's highly unlikely your Bluetooth would disconnect. Unlikely being an operative word. My anxious mind, with a troubling intolerance of uncertainty, noticed they didn't say impossible. The day I met my fate, the one which I'm sure is now obvious, wasn't a particularly exciting one. I was on my way to work on the Northern Line. Famously, there are a few stops in this commute from South London en route to Central, where the train is extremely noisy. When you pass through these stations, even if your music is at full volume, you can't really hear it properly. Crucially, this happened to be the point at which my Bluetooth connection malfunctioned. I was listening to the Schuyler sisters from Hamilton. I didn't notice immediately, because of course I didn't, presuming train noise was the reason why the chorus had seemed slightly quieter. It's one of the most exciting parts of the track. I had planned in my head to rewind so I could experience it in full tinnitus-inducing glory. 
Work, work, Angelica. Work, work. It was on the next line that I realised, after a few faces had looked towards me, confused and perhaps disgusted, as my phone projected loudly to the now quiet carriage. Eliza Anthony, the Scadler Sisters. I was living in a nightmare. I imagined that the people in the carriage fell into two distinct categories. People who did not have a clue what Hamilton was, and therefore would not recognise it from this 15 second interlude, and people who absolutely knew straight away, and either were embarrassed on my behalf, or utterly disdainful of my choice of listening. I was undecided which was worse. I like to tell myself that surviving this embarrassment served as an exercise in self-acceptance. Okay, so I wasn't listening to a sonata, but that didn't make me all bad, did it? Maybe being super cool and listening to the Legally Blonde soundtrack can't coexist in the way that I'd like them to, but I'm not giving up the ecstasy of listening to so much better on a bad day, so I guess it inspired me to give up on trying to be cool, or appearing as such. It was exhausting anyway. As one of the most famous musical theatre songs goes, I am what I am, and what I am needs no excuses. Who am I to betray its wisdom? I, perhaps for my sins, am a musical theatre lover. I haven't got time to be ashamed of that anymore. I never got round to testing what it might be like to deliberately disconnect and project something that seemed too cool for school. Instead, whenever the mood takes me, I blast my musical theatre ballads and bops as I strut down the street, not turning down the volume like it's a dirty little secret, but embracing my stagey side. And if people hear, well, that's none of my business. I do this safe in the knowledge that nobody in all of Oz, no wizard that there is or was, is ever going to bring me down.